This is TNN, the Truth News Network, and we deal in facts. Here's one. You might want to write this one down. You can't comply your way to freedom. That's how prisons work. Seeing the picture? Here's someone who can make it clearer. His name is Dan Newman. That just made me wonder about Pete Moss. He just seems to know a lot about how things work in prison. I mean, I never understood any of what he just said about you can't comply yourself to freedom. That's how prisons work. Maybe he knows how prisons work. I don't know. I'm just picking at Pete Moss. Doesn't he do a great job? He's amazing. He has a uh, a very sophisticated uh, commercial recording studio in Chicago. Now, he does voiceover work for networks, for television stations, for movies all around the world. He's got a deep, deep, deep voice. I can't even imitate him. But I'm glad he does our stuff for us at TNN Live. And I'm glad you joined us here today. This 2022 year is just a couple of days away from being over. Have you started looking back at how 2022 has treated you and what you have accomplished in the past year compared to the previous year? All of the things we're taught to do to make sure we do better this year and are better and more successful this year than last year. Let me give you a little hint. For those of you listening in that may be just a tad younger than, let's say, 50 years old. I promise you, when you hit 50, and the first time you realize for the very first time that more of your life is behind you than is in front of you, all of a sudden, your perspective on life, it's going to change. It really is, and I'm not trying to teach you something to get you to start thinking about this now. That's not what this is about. All it is is about me going, nah, 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 boo-boo, <laughs> because I've already been there. <laughs> In fact, I was there about 19 years ago. The last 19 years, I've been understanding what that means. And listen, don't let the fear thing jump on you first time you realize that when you hit 50 and you say, oh my God, I've been alive and I'm not going to live as long as I've already been living. (laughs) It's inevitable, folks. We're all going to die sooner or later. And so just do your business and be prepared for what comes when you assume room temperature and we all will. Wow, that's kind of depressing this Wednesday of Christmas week, isn't it? Well, it's a fact. I guess we got to deal with facts. And as we always do now after we make our preliminary hellos and tell you we got a lot of stuff going on today that we're going to wade into very quickly in just a moment, but we're going to take a break right now, and it's not a commercial break. It's a musical break. 
and we're going to talk about that love shack.
louder. that song when it first came out it was such a big hit it, it was just a fun song you know everybody it, it, it made you kind of want to tap your feet made you if you were a dancer made you want to get up and dance but then there was this big mystery about it do you remember what the mystery about the song was right there at the end it stops the music stops and one of the singers says you what and the girl says Three words that are almost unintelligible for months and months and months and months. People were calling in radio stations. What what is she saying at the end? Did you catch what she said? Okay, turn your volume up real quick. We're going to finish this in just a second, but I want to see if you can tell what she's saying. Here we go. Okay, let me back it up just a couple of seconds earlier. Uh, even further back. Let's go here. Right here. Listen closely. What is she saying there? <laughs> I bet you can't tell. One more time. Listen to what she's saying. Well, in the middle of all of that, and when you think about the name of the song, The Love Shack, She's saying, tin roof rusted. <laughs> the tin roof on the love shack is rusted. Where in the heck that came from, I don't know. And what in the heck that means about the show today, I can't answer that either because it has nothing to do with TNN Live. Uh, funny little aside for you, as that song was playing, the studio door opened up. And someone stuck their head in and said, I thought this is a talk show. (laughs) And it is. It's the week between Christmas and New Year's. Can't we just have a little song to start off the show? I mean, come on, we can't talk always about gloom and doom in the nation and the world, can we? We got to be able to think outside the box. Let's just call it that. Laugh, tap our feet a little bit. Yeah, I like music anyway. And guess what? It's my show. Thank you for listening. (laughs) And I'm watching the numbers. But you know, here's why I started doing that. First of all, everybody likes a 
a fun song, especially early in the morning. But another reason is very few people have their alarm set to kick off the show at exactly 9 o'clock central. People start tuning in after two or three minutes, in most cases, because you just can't get to the front end of it every time. You could, but you can't. And so that was just a, a way, another way to let people start logging in and not missing any of the substance of um, what we're going to do today. James Posey, who's a musician, he, uh, he just sent me a text, <laughs> and uh, here's what he says. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> James is a drummer, a really good drummer. In fact, we played a lot together for a lot of years. I won't tell you how long because it'll tell you how old I am, and James is. But anyway, he is uh, a toe-tapping, uh, and he just sent me a follow-up. Let's just have some fun, baby. <laughs> so anyway, we have enough serious stuff to get into. We got to be able to chuckle every once in a while. And so I think for the day, maybe the chuckling is over because fundamentally because Joe Biden's president of the United States and the Democrats have the majority in the Senate. If that's not enough to pour some cold water on your day, I don't know what is. And just when you think it's bad, it gets worse. And we've got some of that Worst stuff we're going to talk about today. Well, let's talk about the southern border just to get cranking. Some big news came out overnight. Joe Biden's Department of Homeland Security released more than, listen to this number, more than 150,000 border crossers and illegal aliens Without that notice to appear, you know, that's where they log in, they get their information, and then they're told, look, if you want to claim as, asylum, you've got to go before the uh, immigration court, and here's your notice to appear. That's what they are supposed to give out to every immigrant that isn't sent to the judge for the hearing right then. No. Alejandro Mayorkas said, uh-uh. He released 150,000 of those border crossers and illegal aliens without even giving them a notice to appear. And this was just in the summer, last summer, 2021. How did that information come out? It's part of a lawsuit against Biden's expansive catch-and-release network. It was filed by Florida's Attorney General Ashley Moody. And she got a hold of DHS footage showing the extent to which the agency released hundreds of thousands of border crossers and illegals into the U.S. with no court dates. In particular, an ICE official can be heard telling agents that more than 150,000 border crossers were released into the U.S. interior without those notices to appear just in the summer of 2021. Biden's DHS started the practice in March of 2021. Here's what he was heard saying, quote, you know, over the summer, we had well over 150,000 folks come in. They were issued a piece of paper that said, find somebody in ICE. And that was it. There was no processing. 
I know this isn't something that you guys asked for, and I can assure you no one in the criminal alien program asked for it either. Moody suggested, this is the Florida Attorney General, she suggested in a statement that the Biden administration is proactively releasing border crossers into American towns and cities with no intention of deporting them, even if they're found to not have valid asylum claims. This has been this administration's plan all along. The latest estimates show that from February 2021 to October 2022, Biden's DHS has released at one at least 1.4 million border crossers into the U.S. interior. Many of those released last year were given only notices to, re, uh, to report, which asked arrivals to check in with ICE wherever they resettled. Now, how the heck are they going to check in with ICE? I live in a community of a couple of hundred thousand people. We don't have an ICE office here. So what are they going to demand that they do? Move into a little town or community, you know, with the 10,000, 12,000, 15,000 people? Who are they going to check in with? You and I both know there is no intention, none, no intention for any of these to ever be held accountable according to the law of the United States. Immigration law that were passed, including passed with the aid of then-Senator Joe Biden, that very plainly says anybody that steps over the border without an official and legal invitation to do so is breaking federal immigration law. Not only does this president Not only does he allow this to happen, he doesn't even want to hold those that break these laws. He has no intention of holding any of them accountable. Now, what would happen if that was you or me? What would happen to us? They would throw us in jail and throw the key away. But not the president of the United States that is purposely, purposely, breaking federal law again and again and again. And we can't get rid of him. There's no way to get rid of him until 2024 at the earliest. Why? He can't be impeached. Oh, they may could get a majority in the House of Representatives after January 3rd. That's when the Republicans take control of the House. They may could get articles of impeachment passed there. But then when they send them across the Capitol to the Senate, there aren't enough senators to impeach and try this president and remove him from office. We're stuck with him. Nobody is holding him accountable. Let me tell you what voters need to do. Voters need to rise up and take control of the government one more time. Am I talking about insurrection? Am I talking about coming to arms? No, I'm not. I'm saying get to the ballot box in two years. That's when we have another opportunity to make changes. And make changes 
If you're a conservative thinker, I'm not even talking about being a Republican. I'm not even talking about that. But if you're a conservative thinker that believes the U.S. Constitution is the right thing to do, to put in place, to govern the nation by, it's not going to happen with Democrats in power. I'm sorry. I'm sure there are some Democrats out there that are leaning conservative, but very few, if any. They've all signed on to let's take total control of the United States of America's government, and we no longer have to rule by laws. A year and a half ago, two years ago, we never thought we would have to even think about having this conversation. And if Joe Biden was standing in the room, he would say, oh, no, no, no. We have no intention of doing that. This is a democracy, which it's not. It's a representative republic, but they like to call it democratic. Why? Only because that's the name they gave their political party, the Democratic Party. Uh Uh-uh. Democracy means the people make the determination about the laws of the lands through their representatives sent in to take on discussions, debating the laws of the land and passing them with the majority of the representatives of the people. They're not doing that now. Joe Biden single-handedly telling everybody, what to do, and they're doing it. Anybody listening in today, you and I, we have no right to sit back and just let this happen. If that's what we choose to do, we have no right to complain, no right to scream and holler, Look at it, contemplate it, reach a decision, and then do something about it. That's not only your right, it's your responsibility. We all have to do that. To be quite honest, that is the reason truthnewsnet.org was created four years ago. The show, TNN Live, was created two years ago. That's the only reason why I spend 10 hours a week on the air doing this show, and another 10 hours a week in show preparation. I'm trying to get everybody to listen, to ask questions, get the answers, and then do something with the answers that you get. Maybe for some of you, that's running for office. Maybe for some of you, it's writing letters. Maybe for some of you, it's making phone calls. For some of you, it may be setting up like-minded political groups to get together and discuss all the crazy stuff that's being allowed to be done in this administration and figure out what can be done about it. We don't have all the answers here at TNN Live. We don't expect you to have all the answers. But like-minded conservative thinkers, even though the other ones the people on the other side of the aisle, they dismiss us as MAGA people. That, by the way, is not a compliment. It's not intended to be a compliment. It's intended to be, and it is, a denigration 
of you just because of the way you think, just because you don't think like Democrats think. I explained yesterday why on this show and in our writings, we never, when we're talking about that party, political party, we never say the Democratic Party. They named their party that purposely to conflate democracy and Democrat with Democratic. The Democrats in the Democrat Party don't believe in the democratic process. They believe in the government decisiveness process only. Whoever's in the White House has unilateral authority to direct every type of legislation that should be passed, but even if it's not passed, if you want to enforce it, you do. If you don't want to enforce the ones that are passed, you just don't do it. Why? I'm Joe Biden. I'm the president of the United States. I have that power. And every day we're finding out more wrongdoing. So in response to the Supreme Court of the United States keeping Title 42 in place at the border, which they did yesterday, they basically put it on pause to let the states work out this issue. And the Supreme Court's not going to do anything about it till later in the next year. In response to that, DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, he's calling on Congress to approve Joe Biden's plan, giving amnesty to illegals while increasing foreign competition. Listen to this. What competition? In the labor market. What the left is intensely using as fuel in the flame of flooding the nation with illegals, not native-born people, but people from all over other parts of the world. We have no idea who they are. He doesn't vet them. There's no way to do a real investigative background to even find out if they're criminals or not. Just let them in. And they're doing it in the name of the labor market. Why? Well, look, we've got all these jobs and we've got all these people out there that don't want to work and we've got to fill the jobs. All these companies that we despise, they're telling us they don't have laborers, so we've got to find them laborers and Americans don't want to work. That's what this is all about. They'll say anything to get done what they want, even if what they want is illegal. Let me just say this. This has been known for generations to be the greatest country in world history. None of what's happening right now feeds that. Not one thing that the Biden administration is doing feeds the fact that this always has been the greatest nation on the planet. In fact, everything Joe Biden's doing, everything he's not doing that he is supposed to be doing because he is the president of the United States. He swore an oath to the Constitution. He slaps the Constitution on its face every day by unwinding its tenets. All of the amendments that belong to the people, the first 10. They don't matter to Joe Biden. They don't matter 
to Alejandro Mayorkas. None of that matters. All that matters is what they want to do. We've got to make these people legal. We've got to give them amnesty. Mayorkas, in an official statement, urged Congress to pass Biden's amnesty and mass migration plan. Here's what he said. We will continue to manage the border. That's poppycock. He's not managing anybody. I bet he can't go to the bathroom and pull his pants down and back up without somebody helping him. He's not managing anything, yet he too swore an oath to do just that. He said, we'll continue to manage the border, but we do so within the constraints of a decades-old immigration system that everyone agrees is broken. You're wrong, sir. You're lying, sir. Everyone doesn't disagree it is broken. You know who doesn't? 535, at least the majority of, 535 people that the people of the United States elected to go to Washington and craft immigration laws that are the best for the nation. You don't like the laws that the people's representatives passed. You have one vote, Mr. Mayorkas, and your vote doesn't give you the unilateral light to thumb your nose at federal immigration laws. And everyone doesn't, everyone doesn't agree that the immigration system is broken. It's under attack by you. He continued, we need Congress to pass the comprehensive immigration reform legislation. President Biden proposed the day he took office. The reason it hasn't been passed is the people don't want it passed, sir. And you swore an oath to protect and honor the laws of the United States that are in place. Not only should you be impeached, sir, you should be hauled off to jail and tried for every wrongdoing thing that has been done to American citizens by those you have opened the gates and let into the country. And I have only one set of statistics that any state has released. The state of Texas, on your watch, Mr. Mayorkas, on your watch, 600,000 felony criminal acts have been perpetrated on Texas citizens by those illegals that you have just let in, in contravention of what you promised you would not do when you took your oath of office. And included in those 600,000 are several first-degree murder cases, dozens and dozens and dozens of rapes, burglaries, armed robberies, any criminal act you can think of has been perpetrated by some illegals that you let into the state of Texas. Think about the hundreds of thousands and probably millions more that have been perpetrated in the other 49 states, sir. He's got to go, folks. He's got to go. Now, this decision made yesterday by the Supreme Court. It hands border states a big win. 
And what they did was order Title 42 to remain in place during legal challenge. Now, the only way Title 42 works is if that guy, the ball guy, Mayorkas, decides he's going to send those people back that come to the border illegally. Title 42 has been in place, folks, ever since he has been in office. He hadn't listened to it. He hadn't abided by it. Who in their right mind thinks he will do it now? He won't. You think you have seen massive illegal immigration so far under Biden? Oh, my gosh. That is only going to be a trickle compared to what is going to happen now. The nation is filling up with people, a huge majority of which we have no idea of who they even are. We certainly don't know what their immigration, legitimate immigration status is. We don't have a clue. We don't know what their backgrounds are. You remember they screamed and holler when they were flying all those Afghanistan people out of Afghanistan when they so quickly pulled out, left hundreds of American citizens there, many of who, most of who are still there in hiding. Remember, those are the ones that Biden said, we will never leave an American in Afghanistan when we make our orderly withdrawal. Yeah, orderly. It was mass chaos. Twelve American soldiers were slaughtered because of Biden's decision for the sudden pullout and leaving that air base. How so? That suicide bomber got the explosives that were part of that suicide vest, which exploded and killed those 12 U.S. soldiers. Joe Biden is directly responsible for their death. How many more? How many more does it take before Americans say enough's enough? Mayorkas has got to go. Biden's got to go. There are multiple others in the Biden administration that, too, refuse to enforce the laws and do the legal things. And as long as they are given a free pass by the American people, just like our kids, you tell your kid, when you go to the store with me, don't you steal anything. Your kid runs over to the candy aisle, pockets a bunch of candy, You didn't catch it. You leave the store. You catch him at home with it, and you say, don't you do that again. A week later, you go to the store together. He does it again. You catch him when you get to the house, and you tell him, you don't do that again. There are no consequences. He'll continue to do it. There are no consequences for Mayorkas' actions. The actions that have cost Americans trillions of dollars. When you consider the cost of illegals, when they come across the border and scatter across the U.S., and the Biden administration is taking trillions of your dollars, trillions, far more than you even know, than even I know, in various government giveaways. Oh, we're not paying these costs, these not-for-profits, these very thoughtful and caring American NGOs, they're the ones that are footing the bill. They're not footing one dime of the bill. You generate billions of dollars that you give to them in grants, and you don't give them anything. We do. It's coming out of our pockets if we ever get enough opportunity to pay it. You're really going to the bank and borrowing that 
and you sign the note, Joe Biden, on behalf of U.S. citizens, and we didn't give you the right to do that. You just arbitrarily took it. Biden's got to go, folks. The reason the Supreme Court did what they did, here's what they ruled. Quote, the states contend. Now, this is a lawsuit filed by, I think, four states. And uh, this finding is speaking directly to these states. The states contend that they face an immigration crisis at the border and policymakers have failed to agree on adequate measures to address it. The only means left to mitigate the crisis, the states suggest, is an order from the court directing the federal government to continue its COVID-era Title 42 policies as long as possible, at the very least during the pendency of our review. Today, the court supplies just such an order. The border state officials, they went crazy with glee. Oh, my gosh. They celebrated the court's intervention. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, in a tweet yesterday, said, quote, Today, the Supreme Court handed Texas and the USA a huge victory by allowing Title 42 to remain in place after Biden illegally tried to terminate this critical policy. Arizona Attorney General Mark Brinovich, meanwhile, stated his office had led the charge to stop Joe Biden from rescinding Title 42, adding the safety of American families is not expendable to political expediency. Our office has been proud to lead the charge on this important issue, he said, in a separate press release. It's disappointing the Biden administration is willing to sacrifice the safety of American families for political purposes. Chief Justice John Roberts issued an order last week that delayed it, the rescinding of Title 42, temporarily pending the issuance of a long-term decision from the court. And his order is going to stand probably till June. Anyway, sometime in the middle of next year. Bottom line is, folks, the bottom line is we either live in a nation of laws, or we live in a nation of no laws. And if we live in a nation of no laws, who do you trust? How can you live? They want to take every protection that has been meticulously and carefully put in place over the last 260 years as the nation has grown and it's changed. Technology Everything has changed. That's how a representative republic works. It's not a democracy. We don't live in a democracy. We have democratic ideals, but they're crafted and made legal by a representative republic, those that represent the people. The republic in that, the representative republic. The republic, what that words mean, it's the people that determine the government, and the representative part is the people, the republic. The people choose people that will be lawmakers and will do and craft laws based upon the desires of the people they represent. In congressional districts, how many of those are there? 435. Each congressman, congresswoman represents one of those 435 
districts. There are 100 senators. How is that comprised? Each state has two senators. Now, the Senate, the senators, they represent directly the needs of each of the states they represent. The members in the House of Representatives that each come from those 435 districts, who do they represent? They represent the people. One congressman, one congressional district. They represent the desires of their people. It's called a representative republic, and it doesn't even work now. It doesn't. It means absolutely nothing. Why is that? Because they go to Congress, and just like this massive 4,115-page ominous bill that was passed last week, signed into law, the people's representatives didn't even have an opportunity to read it, yet alone take action on it. That's the way government in D.C. has been running, wants to run, and wants to continue to run, and they've gotten such a huge taste of totalitarianism, they want to keep it just like that. They never want you and I. They never want us to ever again be a part of what we get in governing. And don't think for a second I'm wrong. You watch unless the people step up and say enough's enough and dare them to keep on down this road. And if they go down this road further, and I promise you, just like your kid, they will until we will get the guts to hold them accountable for it. How do you do that? Congressmen, members of the House, they are there for two years once they're elected. Listen, you can recall them. I know it's hard. Do the hard thing. If your representative is not representing you, kick them out. Recall them. Get a special election and kick them out and then replace them. If it happens four, five, six, ten, twenty times, guess what the effects will be? Other people that are left that haven't been recalled, they'll see, oh my gosh, the American people have awakened and they're going to begin to hold us accountable or fire us. We can't let that happen. Not every one of them will take actions based on that, but many will. And this, if we ever get it fixed, it's gone so far down the hill, we may never. But if we do, it's going to be because we choose to take the actions of accountability. This president... He's not. He's certainly not. Now, let me just say this. I said when I started this rant, (laughs) and I know it's a rant, I said, you know, the Senate, there won't ever be enough in the Senate to vote for removal of Joe Biden for office because there is, even though it's just a one-vote margin, there are enough Democrats over there that will never let it happen guess what? If we make enough noise in the House, and by the way, we can do the same thing with senators. Recall them. 
Recall them. If your senator won't represent you, kick them out of office. Unless we prove that we're willing to go down that road for both the people in the House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate, how can you do that? Listen, why don't we do this? Start with the senators in your state. You got two. That makes it a whole lot easier. Send your senator a letter. Go out in your neighborhood. Get 100 people to sign the letter and tell your senator if they if they're Republican, if they don't vote for Republican ideals for you, you will be part of a recall operation to remove them, even if they're Republicans. And of course, if you live in a state where you have a Democrat, they're going to understand it better than the Republican that I just mentioned. That's the only way we'll ever get this done. Maybe if we wait two more years, we're going to have another congressional election. There'll be some senators that are coming up for a re-election then. We can change some of it. But folks, I don't know how long we can go. I don't know how long the United States can make it with this governing body and this president. If we wanted to change, looks like we're going to have to change it. Our representatives in D.C., they're happy with leaving it the same. Hi, this is Jack, founder of Jack in the Box. Is the caller there? Mr. Box, Douglas Gopperts from Burger Week magazine. Oh, hey, Doug. Doug's a respected fast food critic. I recently dined on your sourdough Jack combo. And? Perfection. The cheese, the jumbo patty, the golden sourdough bread, the french fries. Bravo. Well, thank you. However, I found the dessert a bit dry. It doesn't come with dessert. The candy. The white, round candy with the happy face. Was it wearing a scarf? Yes, I believe it was. Rosy cheeks? Fuzzy earmuffs? Yes, that's it. Douglas, you ate a holiday ball. <gasps> We're giving one away free to customers who buy a sourdough jack combo. But they're not for dessert. They're for antennas. Or a pencil. Right. Well, that's going to improve your score dramatically. Excellent. Few things bring as much joy as the delicious taste of Coca-Cola. Like your first time camping or falling in love on a blind date. And now, our new Coke bottles are sip-sized and made from 100% recycled materials. So every bottle can live on to create more memories. That's endlessly refreshing. Coca-Cola. Bottles are made from 100% recycled materials excluding cap and label. Enjoy the great taste of Coca-Cola in a new sip-sized bottle that's made of 100% recycled materials. Genuine Ford Parts and Service presents a word from your wallet. Are we at the gas station? Yeah, I know. I'm feeling these gas prices, too. I'm the wallet down here. Head to a Ford dealership. Why? Proper vehicle maintenance. A new air filter can save 19 cents a gallon. Correct tire inflation up to 6 cents a gallon. Wow, that sure adds up. Fat wallets are very in right now. Right now, Motorcraft air filter replacement is just $19.95 or less. Replacing a dirty air filter can increase fuel economy by as much as 10%. Well, done. That was easy. Maybe you should listen to your wallet more often. Well, you're typically pretty quiet. Well, I didn't want to be a pain in the... Uh, 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 uh. Hurry in for the best deals we've had in years. Money-saving rebates on brakes, batteries, tires, and more. See your participating Ford dealer today. When a governor can tell a president, no rally in my state, it's time for some definitive truth. Here with the goods, again, Dan Newman. 
Just to give you an idea of how our government doesn't represent us, a recent poll, 2,000 registered voters were asked about what's going on at the southern border. Eight out of ten want our border, our border closed. Eighty percent of Americans, and it'll be off a little bit, maybe it's only uh, 70 or maybe it's 90. Anyway, a massive majority of Americans want the southern border closed. Now, if we were truly today living in a represented, representative government environment, our leaders would say, well, hey, we got to do what the people want us to do, so we got to make some changes. We need to shut it down. You know what? We don't even need to go that far. What they need to do is just enforce the existing freaking immigration laws. There are plenty on the books that you, your predecessors, you know, the ones that represented the people back then, you swore an oath. You told the people when you ran for office that you were going to give them what they wanted you and sent you to D.C. to do. Just do it. If you don't want to do it, turn in your resignation today and walk away. Why haven't they done that? Because they're not being held accountable. 80%. Keep that number in your head. 80% of the people in the nation want our government closed and managed based upon the federal laws that have been out there for years. Well, we don't think the laws are fair. Well, you know what? There's a way to take care of that. Change the laws. You don't like the existing immigration laws? If we don't have immigration control, we don't have a nation. We're not a nation. We have to have borders and we must have laws. If we don't have either of those, we're going to be just like every other third world country on the planet. I'm 69 years old. I was not aware of the political operations of our government, really aware of it. We had civics class. In Louisiana, it was mandatory. You had two years of civics. It was always 7th and 8th grades. What is civics about? We learn about the structure of government, the federal government and the government of the state of Louisiana. I know other states had the same things. Our kids don't have that now. Why would that be taken out of the curriculum of any school, especially public schools? It's because there are people up there that are just like the people in control now. 10, 15, 20 years ago, whenever it began, they decided we don't like the government structure. We think it gives too much power to people out there that don't have the knowledge of what government is about. Everybody needs to listen to us. And the civics operation, oh, 
This is crazy. And they threw it out. School unions. They represent the teachers, not the students. Civics was just something else that these teachers that went to these leftist universities, they were being forced to teach it and they didn't like it. They didn't think it was good for the kids. Screw those parents that they want their kids to understand the rule of law and how government works. We'll tell them. But we got to get rid of those evil civics books. American history? Oh my God, we can't let that old antique stuff be taught anymore. We like the philosophy of the 1619 Project where we make it very clear white people, all white people are evil, always have been evil. And therefore, we've got to undo all of what is so-called American history. And it continues. It continues. Now, I'm sure you heard about what Texas Governor Greg Abbott did. He sent three buses of illegals, and they unloaded right in front of the vice president's home several days ago. And, of course, everybody in the news media, in the White House, everybody went postal on Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Renee Easy, a spokesperson for Abbott, she said the hypocrite-in-chief, as she's talking about Joe Biden, he lashed out, Biden lashed out at what Abbott did, saying that Abbott was, what he was doing, is dangerous and a shameful stunt. Renee Easy, speaking for Biden, and she called Biden the hypocrite-in-chief for criticizing Texas while he's flying, he being the hypocrite-in-chief, flying plane loads of migrants across the country, oftentimes in the cover of night. Also, buses leaving from the southern border every day. And they just take off, and they go somewhere where the Biden folks tell them to go. Nobody in these towns and cities where they're going to has any heads up. They're just dropping them off. And she also gave some perspective on what those people in those three buses were there in D.C. for. Listen to this. These migrants willingly chose to go to Washington, D.C., having signed a voluntary consent waiver available in multiple languages upon boarding that they agreed on the destination. And they were processed and released by the federal government who are dumping them at historic levels in Texas border towns like El Paso, which recently declared a state of emergency because of the Joe Biden-made crisis. Democrats across the nation harshly criticized Abbott for the trip. I guess maybe Biden thinks, you know, them going in... Uh, heated and cool, big, nice buses going to the government headquarters of the nation where they know far better than any of us know about everything. What's good, what's bad, what's moral, what's immoral. It's moral for Biden to just let this 
insanity continue where hundreds and thousands of illegals are dying, literally dying. They're finding bodies in the southern part of the United States, especially in Texas. Hundreds over the last couple of years, hundreds of these illegals' bodies who died on that trek. Many died of heat. Many, in the dead of winter, died of cold, died of starvation and thirst. That's okay. You know, we don't need to worry about those folks. They're just a couple. They're just a few. But Abbott's sending three busloads up there to the people of Washington, D.C., who think it's just fine. Having a few illegal aliens in your town means nothing until they get a few in their city, and then they've got to lash out at somebody who they've been shoving illegals down their throats for years now. Governor Abbott, listen to this. This is a White House spokesperson named Abdullah Hassan. Hassan said, quote, Governor Abbott abandoned children on the side of the road in below freezing temperatures on Christmas Eve without coordinating with any federal or local authorities. As we have repeatedly said, this is Hassan talking. As we have repeatedly said, we are willing to work with anyone, Republican or Democrat alike, on real solutions, like the comprehensive immigration reform and border security measures President Biden sent to Congress on his first day in office. But these political games accomplish nothing and only put lives in danger. Mr. Hassan, President Biden had no legal authority, no legal right, to expect anybody in the nation to believe or take any actions on what you said he said needed to be done. Comprehensive immigration reform and border security measures that he sent to Congress on his first day in office. Congress didn't take any action on it. And so that means the people's representatives, they represent the people. Joe Biden doesn't represent the people. He has no say-so in the governing of the people other than when a bill comes to his desk that's been approved by the people's representatives. You know, those Democrats and Republicans, 535 of them, have found consensus on when that bill that they all believe is the best for the people, when it comes to the desk of the president, if he agrees with what they say, he signs it into law. If he doesn't agree, he doesn't sign it into law. And then it'll go back to them, and there's a process in place that because they represent the people, they can override his veto, you know, He sent it back to him. He didn't like it. He sent it back to him. They can override his veto, and because they directly represent the people, it becomes law. Mr. Hassan, that is the law of the land in which you live. Whether you're American-born or you're an immigrant, that's the law that rules what you do and what you can't do and what must be done. 
And it doesn't matter how much you or anybody else denigrates anybody for demanding the law be enforced. If you don't like it, brother, don't let the door hit you in the butt as you leave the nation to go wherever you want. But as long as there are patriots, law-abiding citizens here, we are sending the cry and we are awakening those that have been asleep for far too long now, but all of a sudden are realizing, you know what? We maybe should have started listening earlier because these people are ripping the nation apart. All this craziness continues to happen during the Christmas holidays. Joe Biden, what does he do? We've got all this stuff going on that needed to be taken care of. He jets off at our expense and he goes to the Virgin Islands right after he said this, a quote, there are more important things than visiting the border like the Virgin Islands. He left yesterday for vacation telling reporters he's got more important things to do. The president and the first lady will travel to St. Croix, the United States Virgin Islands, where they will celebrate the new year with their family. Biden has spent more than a quarter of his presidency out of the White House, vacationing, folks, in Delaware. A quarter, more than 25%. The president also told reporters on December 6th he would not be visiting the border while in Arizona because there are more more important things going on. When he was pressed on why the president didn't make the trip to the nearby border, Keisha Lance Bottoms, one of his senior advisors, said, question whether a visit to the border was the best use of resources. When the president travels, it's not like you or I jumping on an airplane then getting off and going to our destination. Everything comes to a halt. So all of these things are in consideration for the president. Is that the best use of resources? All of the resources that will be diverted on the ground when the president makes a visit, bottom sets. No, we think it's more important for him to go and spend hundreds of millions of dollars flying himself and his family members and the Secret Service and all of the support staff to the Virgin Islands. That's far more important. I didn't plan on getting this amped up today, folks. But I'm telling you, as you can tell, I'm up to my crawl with this insanity that this leader and everything he speaks, it just flows out of his mouth and it flows over everybody else. It's affirmation to how these leftists, many of them coming out of these Ivy League schools, and they're saying, yes, yes, we got the president, the old guy, the old guy that had little girls rub the hairs on his leg when he was a lifeguard and brags about it. The one, he smells their hair. The one that took sexual advantages of that woman that worked in his office when he was a U.S. senator. And then he told everybody, don't listen to her, although he had been the leader of all it takes is for a woman to say it happened. We got to believe it happened. All of those things. This is the guy, the guy. And we agree with what he says, so that means it's okay. Forget about the Constitution. Oh, that's just an old, worn-out, 
piece of paper. It means nothing now. The only thing that matters now is what the leaders say we need to do. Yeah, that works really well. Just ask the people under Vladimir Putin's rule. Or Xi Jinping. Hmm, hadn't thought about that. Or the Ayatollahs in Iran. They're doing only what the Ayatollah tells them. Only what Xi Jinping tells them. Only what Vladimir Putin tells them. You know why? The people have no rights. Fox News yesterday, Fox News medical contributor and clinical professor, Dr. Mark Siegel, he reacted to the Twitter files of all things. Revelations on how statements on the coronavirus were handled by stating that censorship, particularly government censorship, is on the road to totalitarianism. And once you started with the term misinformation, the term mandate soon followed. Because only if your way is right, you have to impose it. You have to superimpose it. And the government did this based on factually incorrect premises, like with the vaccine mandate. Siegel stated, very disturbing censorship, especially coming from the government, is on the road to totalitarianism, isn't it? On either side, anyone in power trying to suppress opinions. I said at the very beginning of the pandemic, I was concerned about lockdowns because I'd researched that for prior books, on prior lockdowns going all the way back to the Middle Ages, where there were problems with them because people rebel, people were fearful, and they didn't necessarily contain the pathogen. And this virus, we soon found out, was way more contagious than we thought, so lockdowns were a poor strategy. And yet there was an attempt made to call that misinformation and disinformation. And by the way, Once you started with the term misinformation, the term mandate soon followed, right? Because if only your way is right, you have to impose it. You have to superimpose it. And they were superimposing it, the government was, on things that are questionable. Now you probably know that I believe in this vaccine, but I'll tell you something else about it, though. It's not the kind of vaccine that prevents spread consistently. Dr. Siegel, let me stop here. Why the heck would you promote it if you just admitted that it doesn't prevent the spread of the vaccine that you're giving it for? You just said it doesn't. Anyway, he continued, it's not surprising that that soon went off the table and it became more targeted towards severity. And if you're not preventing spread with the vaccine, how can you mandate its use? That was a problem. And again, anyone who said that was marginalized on Twitter or attacked on Twitter, which is supposed to be a public forum for free speech. Oh my gosh. A doctor, I disagree with what he said. No, I agree with part of what he said. He said the vaccine doesn't stop the spread. We were told at the beginning, oh, you got to take the vaccine. If you don't, you're going to spread the vaccine. You're going to spread the COVID-19. If you get the vaccine, you won't do that. All of that was not true. And people took actions 
on what the so-called experts from the government said was true. And people died, and there are people in hospitals now totally disabled in nursing homes. There are people that have lost their ways of life from adverse reactions. Not a few, not a few thousand, not a, a few hundred thousand folks, millions of people in the United States are struggling today because of adverse reactions to vaccines that were forced on American people by the government and they lied about the testing that had been done that had proved its efficacy. None of that happened. None of it happened. I'm done today (laughs) with the southern border stuff. I'm done today with COVID-19 and vaccines. I think you'll be okay if I just take a minute to catch my breath. And we're going to launch into, oh, I don't know, the FTX debacle. (laughs) Real truth, real news. TNN, the Truth News Network. Grab an ice-cold can of Celsius and stay active and energized all day. Celsius is better for you energy, made with premium ingredients, zero sugar, and seven essential vitamins, with no high-fructose corn syrup, no aspartame, no preservatives, and no artificial colors or flavors. Celsius is just the essential energy you need to keep you fueled and active all day. Celsius, essential energy, live fit. Now find Celsius at Celsius.com or a retailer near you. We're outside Pilgrim Furniture and Mattress City where parents are disappearing. Excuse me, are your parents in there? Yeah. They can't decide if they should take no interest for 60 months with no money down or an extra $100 off every $9.99 they spend. It's a tough choice. But they've been in there for six hours. I want dinner. Parents, if you're at Pilgrim, please make a decision. The I'm crazy hungry, so she's got to be too. Slide through the Mickey D's drive-thru to get a Big Mac. Right after I order her quarter pounder with cheese, because I don't know everything, but I do know what my girl's feeling hangry meal. Get it at McDonald's when you buy one of your faves, like the Big Mac, quarter pounded with cheese, 10-piece chicken McNuggets, or filet of fish, and get another for just a dollar. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Valid on item of equal or lesser value. New home ownership can be a real eye-opener, but it's the perfect time to look into Homeowner 101 from The Home Depot. Free live streaming workshops taught by expert associates now at homedepot.com slash workshops. You'll find indoor and outdoor workshops, even home systems workshops. Plus, you'll get the know-how you need to care for your biggest investment. Master the basics at Homeowner 101, only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com slash workshops. James Posey dropped me a couple of a couple of texts. He, he said, yeah, I know it's exhausting. Oh my gosh. You know what though? It's it's worth it. If if anybody, anybody will just objectively think through based on some of my rants. And I'm trying to keep them civil. I really am. If they'll think through, just think through the yays and the nays, the yeses, the noes the reality to unreality and just compare, I think everybody will be forced, if you look at circumstances objectively, that you just might 
be wrong. I told you I was going to get off my rant road. Well, I'm going to stay on it for just a second. One other crazy, crazy thing that's going on. This gender thing, this gender identity. I identify as a woman. So that means I'm a woman. Uh, My DNA doesn't say that. My biology doesn't say that. Well, I'll fix my biology. I'll chop off that stuff. And that means because I want to be and I'm thinking like and I can let my hair grow out and I'll get my breasts chopped off, that means I'm a woman. If that's not insane, I mean, if you want to think and act like, that's okay. But that is not reality. That is not science, folks. That's not science. And so why does this happen? Where are we going with this? Well, let's go to uh, the Biden administration. Let's go to Rachel Levine. You know who Rachel is? Rachel's a guy, a biological male, identifies as a female, and he, she, is out there teaching crazy stuff and forcing or trying to force crazy stuff on people who express on social media what their personal opinions are. That's just what we were talking about. That's disinformation. Listen to Rachel as she goes into this, and she gets busted. Assistant Health and Human Services Secretary Rachel Levine is getting fierce backlash for comments made this past May. The recently resurfaced video shows Levine, a transgender woman, demanding big tech companies censor misinformation about gender-affirming procedures for children. Wait a minute. Before I let you listen to her, listen to what this reporter, now this is, I think this is Fox News, but listen to what she called Rachel Levine. Gender woman demanding big tech companies. Levine, a transgender woman, demanding big tech. Levine, a transgender woman. Rachel Levine is not a woman. The biology proves that. Now, We have a president, we have a government on his orders that are full of people that tell us, you got to follow the science. You got to follow the science. And if you don't, you're stupid, you're dumb, and we're going to make you get a vaccine. We're going to make you, even though it doesn't work. We told you it worked. And so because we told you it worked, you're in the military. You've got to get the vaccine. If you don't, we're going to kick you out of the government job that we really need you to perform. It's just one thing after another. And Rachel is out there. And even Fox News, the reporter, is forced to confirm that Rachel Levine, who's a guy, Rachel Levine, a transgender woman, Rachel is a man that is pretending to be a woman. I'll shut up. There is substantial misinformation about gender-affirming care for transgender and gender-diverse individuals. The positive value of gender-affirming care for youth and adults is not in scientific or medical dispute. We need to use our clinician's voice to collectively advocate 
for our tech companies to create a healthier, cleaner information environment. Well, those comments now getting blasted on Twitter. One person tweeting, when fascism comes to America, it will be under the guises of health and safety. Another saying, you're not allowed to criticize Rachel Levine or other social media platform on other social media platforms. You will be banned. And pro tip, but the government labels misinformation, you can generally just call information. Dr. Siegel, in that video, uh, Secretary Levine says the positive value of gender-affirming care in youth and adults is not in scientific or medical dispute. How can you say that when science and medicine are constantly evolving, constantly changing, constantly being deba debated and improved? Yeah, I, I also want to hear what Dr. Nishawat has to say about this, but I just did a report, two reports actually, for our investigative unit, and we looked into this exact issue. Gender dysphoria is real, but the question is what you do about it and when. And that is absolutely in dispute because if you take a 12-year-old or a 13-year-old and you're doing puberty blockers, we don't know the long-term effects of that. We, don't, we do know that it affects the bones. There's an issue with fertility. And then we covered the question of people who decide later on they want to detransition. If you do a mastectomy, that's absolutely in dispute. Who's doing that? And what age is it being done? And how certain is the person that's receiving that care that they want that? And then if they decide later they don't, it's not easy. Very, very difficult. So all of that is, and, and the idea of here we go again with misinformation. Right. We just d dealt with that with Twitter already. To say something's not in dispute, scientifically or medically, Dr. Jenna, I want to get your take yeah, on that as well. Yeah, I completely agree with Dr. Siegel. I mean, she is not the god of science. The science, you know, medicine, they call it a practice because it's constantly evolving. We need to change our guidelines and our protocols as we progress, as we learn more information. But gender dys dysphoria, this is a very serious and sensitive issue, a very serious topic because it has a very high suicide rate, very high suicidal ideation rate, up to 42% of those who struggle with their identity think about suicide because of the stress that it, that it has on them and even their families. So I don't think it's right for Rachel Levine to impose, it seems, her personal uh, views on right. all of us. Mm -hmm. Instead, you know, we know that some people will benefit from, uh, you know, transitioning and gender-affirming care, but we want to do it the right way. And that starts off with taking a history and a physical, maybe doing blood work, getting counseling and therapy, not rushing to hormones and irreversible surgeries that might have long-term consequences is irreversible. Mental health care, yes. really important. Yeah. Mental yeah. health care, absolutely. And, and Cheryl, when, when she said we need our tech companies to create a healthier, cleaner information environment, whose information? I mean, you know, whose information? She wants her information. The Biden, I mean, we've already, we just got Twitter files 10, yeah. right, over the weekend. Yeah. And the Biden administration was shown to be, they wanted their narrative on Twitter. Uh, and, and I'm sure that they're reaching out to Facebook and they have to Instagram as well. So it's their message. But remember, social media, we've already learned that Instagram has been detrimental to the mental health yeah. of teenage girls. The That's Wall Street right. Journal exposed Instagram for that. So it's not just Twitter, it's all over. And to say that they need to have the message their way, no, you don't. And really quick, let me say something, okay? When I was 12 years old, I, for a whole year I wore black, okay? And I listened to like heavy metal music. And my hair was crazy, and I looked ridiculous, <laughs> and I wore these stupid shoes, and I grew out of it, okay? I was 12. Mm -hmm. What happens to a 12-year-old who gets on to Twitter or to Instagram and says, oh, I can do all these surgeries and be a different person. Great. And then a year later, I'm just trying to change. picture. I'm just trying to picture Cheryl 
with the black hair flows, <laughs> and I'm, I, I'm, I'm going there. Katrina, you have a five-year-old. I do. And they're very impressionable. And it's Twitter, it's TikTok, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. I, I understand you had a recent experience with this whole kind of gender questioning. I did on Christmas Day, and what's really, I have a very special heart for children, obviously, as a mother, but I have a difficult time digesting the fact that the media is now telling our children what to think, when to think it. Yeah. At five years old, he was watching a cartoon, and he paused the cartoon and said to me, Mom, um, you know, he asked me a question about boys and girls and who could have babies, and, and just that whole process, and is someone born a girl? And, do, and I was literally... I was speechless, sitting there thinking to myself, at five years old, I wasn't asking these questions. Yeah. And, I, and I was outside playing hide-and-go-seek. I was playing sports. I was just... So the fact that the media is now controlling when we have these discussions with kids, and they're deep yeah. questions. Oh, oh, yeah. You know, and yeah. they're serious questions. And I shouldn't be having those with a five-year-old. Well, the five-year-old shouldn't be getting this from a cartoon. Right. I mean, I, I, I mm -hmm. just... That's... that's where, is the, where these messages are coming from is a little concerning. Yeah, and absolutely. I think it's important to note that two-thirds of those who struggle with gender identity after puberty, they're happy with the way God made them. Exactly. 50%? Two, more than two-thirds. Oh, more, more than two-thirds. Two-thirds, about approximately two-thirds. You know, it's just, it's, uh, Dr. Siegel, you mentioned it. When should these uh, things be approached with the people, with the individuals who are experiencing gender dysphoria? There, there's got to be an age that is too young, right? Well, for sure, puberty is too young to be talking about transition. And that's where all the debating is going on. And the mental health issues are really important yep. because 70% or more of those that have gender dysphoria have major mental health issues going on simultaneously. Mm. We can't sweep that under the rug. We have to, what's the downside of counseling? Yeah. What's the downside of seeing a therapist and working through what you're feeling? Uh, that's, there's a tremendous upside to that. I will, I will vouch for that. But you know, here's what we do. You heard Dr. Siegel say, what's the downside of visiting, visiting a counselor? Well, we have to be careful. Now listen to this. This just gets more insane and more insane. Who do we send our kids to to counsel them? Well, mom and dad, most reasonable thinking moms and dads, they want their kid to counsel with somebody that is a real thinker, that believes in reality, that's not hooked up into this morphism like you heard Rachel Levine espouse. And so once again, it's somebody's opinion. I don't need, I've got three wonderful children. I can't remember, I, don't, I can't, I don't think our kids, any of our kids went to therapy or counseling. They didn't need it or they didn't want it. I didn't see any aberrations. Marianne and I are very close to our kids. We're very astute. We're still very close with our kids. All but our son and his wife live right here from us, five miles within where we live. We're together all the time. And we have six grandchildren. All of our grandchildren, each of them are different from the others. We have two twin granddaughters, and they're very different from each other. But nobody made them. Nobody sent them some way to make them be something. That's what our government is teaching that we all should do. Kind of like Adolf Hitler. Yeah. 
They were teaching people that free thinkers, that free citizens in a country were evil. No, we're not talking about politics now, Dan. We're talking about transgenderism. We're talking about, you know, the reality, the real things in life. Well, the real things in life means if you want to be a dog and you start barking like a dog, you're not going to be a dog. Now, that is a long way down the road from having a guy having his breast removed, his genitals removed, and taking some uh, hormone treatment, and that's going to make him a girl? In the very beginning of Truth News Network, we had a very educated, very well-known, and if I, I told you the name, you would know who this was, that dealt with psychological treatment of young kids regarding their sexuality. And in this interview, and subsequently we posted the interview on truthnewsnet.org, the whole video thing, this doctor was hounded by people that were saying, you can't say those things. And here's what was said. No amount of surgery no amount of hormone is going to change a person's sex. There's only one thing that determines our sex, our gender, and that's our chromosomes. You can't change chromosomes. You're not going to be able to change your sexuality. Oh, you can act like you did. You can make it look like you did, but you're never going to change it. And telling people that you can is a lie, and it should be criminal. This is a doctor that's saying that. Got hounded and quit doing public appearances or interviews because of what happened in that one. Now, does that mean this doctor was wrong? No, that meant this doctor didn't want to be hounded by just revealing facts. Oh my gosh, how terrible that a doctor could be telling what are biological facts. Dr. Siegel, you heard him. He's a regular on Fox News. He stated some things there. He was questioning the biology Why question the biology? Why question the science? We, for two years, have had it shoved down our throats every day by our government. You got to trust the science, Anthony Fauci. I am the science. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, I just wish everybody could be like us. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm a Verizon engineer, and today we're turning on 5G across the country, including right here in New York City. With the coverage of 5G nationwide and in more and more cities, the unprecedented performance of ultra-wideband. It will change your phone and how businesses do everything. I'm proud because we didn't build it the easy way. We built it right. This is the 5G America's been waiting for. Only from Verizon. 5G ultra-wideband available only in parts of select cities. 5G nationwide available in 1,800 plus cities. Square Packages, the packaging specialists, are proud to present a box on both your houses. The untold story of the invention of the box and the family rivalry that nearly destroyed it. It's a tale about opening your heart, finding acceptance, and inventing the most efficient means of shipping and packaging that mankind has ever known. Proving that to find what's in your soul, you have to look outside the box and into another box, which is a house, your home. And that truly is the greatest box of all. Tune in every Wednesday at 8 for this once-in-a-week-time television event, A Box on Both Your Houses, presented by Square Packages, the packaging specialists. You're fighting back the tsunami of ignorance with Dan Newman, TNN, the Truth News Network. Oh, that's a bit uh, telling. We're fighting back... The tsunami of ignorance, boy, is that putting it uh, putting it right out there and telling the truth. Thank you, Pete Moss, for that. Um, yeah, I, I got to be honest with you. Yeah, I've been on a rant today about several things. And I just looked, and during the break, um, our audience numbers are through the roof today. I guess people are saying, hey, Newman's losing his mind. You got to go listen to this. I don't know, but I can tell you this. Um, I get amped up about the truth. I'm a truther. And I'm not talking about Barack Obama's birth certificate. (laughs) That was termed, you remember years ago, if anybody thought he wasn't born in the United States and didn't believe his birth certificate was original, which it wasn't, and science has proven that, but nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to talk about that. Well, what's the big deal about, you know, him being born? I mean, he was an American. He is an American, right? But no, any president, the Constitution mandates, U.S. born. I'm not going to go back there. But a truther, I'm a truther. I want to find the truth. I want to verify the facts of anything that I do. Dr. Thomas Sowell, you know who he is? He's an African-American guy, very conservative guy. And uh, I just ran across this a few minutes ago during the break, and I thought it would be salient for us to listen to. First of all, he's a calm speaker, but he's also a truther. And I'm talking today about Joe Biden, his government, their total betrayal of the American people and the U.S. Constitution because they don't belong in government because they will not do what the law says they are supposed to do, and they never hold anybody accountable for not doing the right thing, the legal thing. Dr. Sowell kind of explained very calmly the way I feel 
A recent news story told of an Asian American girl applying to Wesleyan University with test scores in the 1400s, and a Dominican girl applying to the same institution with test scores in the 900s. A member of the admissions committee recommended against admitting the Asian American girl and in favor of admitting the Dominican girl. Why? The Dominican girl had more handicaps to overcome. Besides, the admissions committee member added, I am willing to take a chance on her. Actually, he is taking no chance whatever. He will not lose one dime if this girl fails miserably. The people who will lose will be the people who have contributed their money to Wesleyan University in order to promote education and instead have their contributions used to make some admissions committee member feel like a little tin god. The Dominican girl herself will also lose if she goes in unprepared and fails, when she could have gotten some additional preparation first and then applied to a less demanding college where she would have a better chance of success. Above all, American society loses when such feel-good self-indulgences undermine the connection between performance and reward, reducing incentives for high ability, low ability, and average students alike. Unfortunately, this admissions committee member is by no means unique. All across the country, at both elite institutions and non-elite institutions, admissions committee members act as if they have some deep insight which enables them to judge individuals' inner motivations rather than their actual record and to pick out those who will become leaders, as that undefined term is conceived in the psychobabble of the day. This would be incredible arrogance, even if admissions committees were composed of higher-caliber people than they usually are. Given the kinds of third-raters who too often find their way onto admissions committees, even at elite colleges, it is a tragic farce. After all, someone who has graduated from Harvard or MIT with top honors is likely to have a lot better career options than becoming a staffer on an admissions committee at Harvard or MIT. The mystery is not why shallow people do shallow things. The mystery is why we put so much arbitrary power in the hands of shallow people, especially when that power would be dangerous in anybody's hands. College admissions committees are just one example. Social workers have gotten Gestapo-like powers to snatch people's children from their homes on the basis of unsubstantiated charges that have never even been heard in a court of law. They can deny an orphan a decent home because the family that wants to adopt does not fit their arbitrary notions and unproven theories. Minority children have especially been denied homes with white families who want them and instead have been consigned to a life of drifting from one foster home to another for years on end. Our public schools are the most massive examples of arbitrary power put into the hands of shallow people. While social work and college admissions committees usually fail to attract people of high intelligence, the public schools positively repel many such people by requiring them to sit through years of unbelievably stupid education courses as a precondition for a permanent career. Students' whole futures depend on getting a decent education, but their teachers may prefer using them as guinea pigs for the latest fads, such as psychological manipulation, social engineering, and proselytizing for politically correct causes. If, heaven help us, 
The child is very bright and is bored to death by the drivel presented by shallow teachers, the answer may well be to drug the student with Ritalin rather than let him or her become restless. The time is long overdue for us all to recognize that there are tasks and roles beyond the capacity of even the most intelligent people, and that only the least intelligent are likely to take on those impossible roles. It has been known for centuries that fools rush in where angels fear to tread. There is no need to abolish college admissions committees, social workers, or teachers, but their roles need to be kept within much narrower and more defined bounds. Above all, what they do must be subjected to some test other than what makes them feel good or what sounds good to their like-minded colleagues. Otherwise, we are putting the inmates in charge of the asylum. How appropriate is what Dr. Soule had to share with us there. Let me just carry it out one step further before we move on. Many on the left could not understand, literally did not have the intelligence capacity to understand why Donald Trump was so successful at what he did for the American people, top to bottom. He was broadly accepted in foreign policy. He was not a politician, but he knew how to talk with people from different countries. He had been for his entire business career building properties, negotiating, dealing with foreign leaders. He knew how to do it. Nobody could believe that he was so successful doing it as president. Nobody could believe that he understood economics and that he understood that if you let the free market flourish by the policies and the laws that you implement as a government, the people are going to benefit broadly. Not only did they not understand how he could do that when he did it, they hated him. They hated his successes, even though they basked in the successes that this guy they hated brought to them as well as to every other American. Here's the deal. Everybody that's left-minded, left-thinking, they not only want us to think just like them, they demand that we think just like them. And just like Adolf Hitler, he put millions of people to death in World War II because their skin color was different. Their history was different. Their politics were different. He demanded that everybody be just like him. Or you're worth extermination, literally. And there are people today that feel that exact same way. And I'm sorry, Mr. President, it's not white supremacist. It's not KKK. They may think that way. But there aren't very many of those around, even though we know you and your Department of Justice are loving the fact that you're selling to the American people that it's okay to hate people that are different thinking, that are real Democrat thinkers, conservatives. Oh my gosh, those evil people. How long are we going to let this live, Americans? How long is it going to be okay? We're just going to, ah, uh, you know, they just don't think the way I do and keep on trugging along. How much 
time are we going to waste? How many precious resources, how many of our children are going to be fed that drivel in schools that you or I would just spit out immediately and we're letting it happen? Unless we stand up, nobody's going to stand up. We're the ones that have to do it. If not us, then who? And if not now, then when? Let's move on. You know the FTX story. It just keeps bigger and bigger and bigger. But there's something I'm going to tell you right now you have not heard about. Department of Justice prosecutors have launched a criminal probe into an alleged hack that siphoned over $370 million in assets from FTX just hours after the exchange's November 11th bankruptcy filing. A source familiar with the case said that authorities managed to free some of the stolen assets. These assets had been laundered into crypto tokens, Ether, and Bitcoin right after the hack happened. FTX CEO, the new one, the one that's in there appointed by the government to kind of straighten things out, John Ray III, he said in a November 12th statement that unauthorized access to certain assets had occurred. The company would coordinate with regulators, according to FTX General Counsel Ryan Miller, Multiple employees of the company reportedly told crypto sleuth Zach XBT they did not recognize the alleged hackers' $383 million in FTX transfers. This hacker reportedly used a verified personal account on the crypto exchange, Kraken, to convert the stolen funds to a crypto stablecoin that tracks U.S. dollars. That's according to crypto site Coindesk. Kraken's anti-money laundering verification steps have led blockchain experts to speculate an insider was behind the hack. Kraken Chief Security Officer Nick Percoco said the company knows the identity of the user in a tweet that they put out in November. The DOJ probe is separate from the fraud case against FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried. Federal prosecutors indicted Bankman-Fried December 13th, charged him with eight counts of fraud and conspiracy, including wire fraud, money laundering, and campaign finance violations. FTX and U.S. operation were valued at $40 billion after January 2022 fundraising round. $40 $40 billion. The exchange filed for bankruptcy in the wake of mass customer withdrawals following allegations of misuse of customer funds by FTX and its sister head fund, Alameda Research. Again, please don't think this has anything to do with the validity, the safety of cryptocurrency. FTX was not a crypto country, a company. It was an exchange an exchange, kind of like your stockbroker. If you've got a, an account at your brokerage firm's uh, uh, operation, that's what FTX was. It's like they were Raymond James or they were Merrill Lynch. And the exchange company 
were the ones that were taking clients' money and misusing it. But if you buy a cryptocurrency and you have it in your control, in your wallet it's called, nobody can touch it. It is impenetrable. It's unlike any other investment there is operation on the planet. None of them, not a single one, is as safe as cryptocurrency. You just got to shy away from these exchanges. There are many more FTX wannabes out there that are perfectly glad to take you in as a client and do to you what Sam Bankman-Fried did to a bunch of people. Now, in the middle of all of this assault, some of it quiet assault, but it's assault on big tech. Big tech's had a rough year. Many startups failed. Stock prices plummeted. As a result, seven of the world's tech billionaires, seven, have lost a combined $433 billion in total wealth. Tech executives and founders have seen Big losses in their net worth this year. As the tech stocks have declined, many companies have experienced slowed growth. The value of tech stocks has declined significantly in the past year, leading to significant losses for executives and founders whose net worth is tied to their company's performance. One example is Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook, now known as Meta. He suffered a decline of almost $81 billion in his net worth. However, unsurprisingly, Zuckerberg is far from broke. His remaining net worth of about $45 billion, more than the gross domestic product, the GDP of Iceland. Several of the billionaires still have more money than they did in 2019 as the tech market saw accelerated growth during the early stages of the coronavirus pandemic, highly inflating stock value before its recent plunges during the past year. In 2022, tech stocks experienced a big decrease because of the pandemic's impact on sales. This caused tech companies, which have been rapid growth, they've seen it in the past just skyrocket to implement hiring freezes and large-scale layoffs. While some tech executives experienced financial challenges this year, others saw an increase in their wealth. Zhang Yiming, the founder of TikTok's parent company, ByteDance, saw his net worth rise by $10 billion to nearly $55 billion. Other tech moguls saw losses, not to an extremely worrying degree such as Oracle co-founder Larry Ellison. He lost $16 billion this year, but has still retained his spot as the seventh richest person in the world. Similarly, Michael Dell of Dell Technologies saw his net worth drop by about $7 billion, allowing him to remain just ahead of Zuckerberg on the list of the top 25 wealthiest people in the world. Seven billionaires include Elon Musk. He lost, listen to this, $132 billion in net worth this year and lost the title of the world's wealthiest person. His current net worth is, of course, still big. It's huge, only $139 billion. Amazon founder Jeff Bezos lost $84 billion this year. His Amazon shares plunged about 50%, but he's still worth $108 billion. 
Google co-founder Larry Page and Sergey Brin saw similar losses, Page losing $44.5 billion, leaving him with a paltry net worth of $83.8 billion. Brin lost $43 billion, leaving him with $80.2 billion. And then there's Bill Gates. He saw a loss of $28.7 billion. That leaves his net worth uh, $109 billion. His decline roughly matches that of the S&P 500 this year, meaning that these losses have largely tracked with a broad view of the overall market and gauge of the economy. Many of Gates' losses relate to his various investments in companies, real estate, and farmland. But Gates' Microsoft shares also shrank by 30%, having a negative effect on his net worth. Overall, it wasn't a real good year for tech, big tech. And it wasn't really a good year for a lot of American people, but hopefully this president won't take us very much further down the rabbit hole towards economic ruin before he's replaced, and I'm sure he'll be replaced by the American people in 2024. Don't think that's a long way off, folks. It's just barely more than a year away. Yeah, and that's good news. We're not quite through. Don't you dare go away. You're fighting back the tidal wave of deceit, lies, spin, and ignorance with TNN, the Truth News Network. Long live the courageous, the tenacious, the ones who push forward and give back. Long live the greater good, the helping hand, those who fall and get back up. And long live the truck with the strength to overcome. The will to outwork. And the commitment to outlast them all. Ram. Proven to last. Hey, Thirst, can I try out a few Coke Summer sound effects on you? Yes! Cool. You okay with this? And this? Yes. And what about this? Yes. Ha! Gotcha there, Thirst. That wasn't sound effects. That was a Coke. I'm no longer thirsty. You're so out of here. Coca-Cola. Open happiness. We're not going to throw in the towel. There's still a God and we still have hope. I don't want to end the day on a sour note. You know, Stanford University, it's a far left school out in Northern California. It appears to be distancing itself today from its very own IT department. After the school was mocked on the internet over the IT department's recently published elimination of harmful language 
Initiative, which deems certain words and phrases as violent, ableist, and culturally appropriative, among other pejoratives. The university also announced that the IT department's guide does not represent university policy and is currently under review. We clearly missed the mark, the school said. Over the last couple of days, there's been much discussion of a website that provides advice for the I2 community at Stanford about word choices in Stanford websites and code. This is from an announcement, a statement by the university titled, Update on Elimination of Harmful Language Initiative. The school went on to explain the website, which published a list of words and phrases deemed harmful language and suggested replacements. And the school said that does not represent university policy. It also does not represent mandates or requirements. The website was created by and intended for discussion within the IT community at Stanford. It provides suggested alternatives for various terms and reasons why those terms could be problematic in certain uses. Its aspiration and the reason for its development is to support an inclusive community. One of the words that was deemed harmful was that very egregious and harmful uh, term. What is it? American. And instead of saying American, Stanford's IT department suggested that U.S. citizen be used in its place. We have particularly heard concerns about the guide's treatment of the term American. We understand and appreciate those concerns, Stanford said in its statement. To be very clear, not only is the use of the term American not banned at Stanford, it's absolutely welcome. University went on to insist that including the word American on the elimination of harmful language initiative was to provide perspective on how the term may be imprecise in some specific uses and to show that in some cases, the alternate term U.S. citizen may be more precise and appropriate. But we clearly missed the mark in this presentation, they said. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. How can one person misunderstand what the term American means? What does it mean? It means somebody that is a citizen of the United States of America. There's no other definition for the word. It's the same thing as the term, the substitute term that they suggested, a U.S. citizen. Every U.S. citizen is an American. Every American is a U.S. citizen. All this does, it confuses me even more. (laughs) The university concluded by informing the public that the IT department's so-called harmful language guide is undergoing (laughs) continual review. I guess so. We value the input we've been hearing from a variety of perspectives and we'll be reviewing it thoroughly and making adjustments to the guide. Stanford said, I can bet you that somebody in the IT department 
that is responsible for being the editor, whoever the d- definitive person is that uh, is in charge of this, is probably on the way out. What do you think? I think they are. And if they're not, they should be. Even though it's Christmas season, still it is. Hey guys, have a great Wednesday. Make sure you join us tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock and make sure you read the front page story today at truthnewsnet.org. We'll see you tomorrow. Hesitation